y'all. Welcome to the Nuga Bell podcast, all about stories of the South, straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, and I'm based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things Chattanooga, life in the South, and beyond. Now pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of sweet tea and join us. We're so glad you're here. forgetting his name. I'm going to have to look it up. Is it a chef? Yeah. But he's like, he's super famous. In, in <laughs> Thailand, you said? Yeah, he's an Indian chef. In, oh, um, I can picture him. I can't think of his uh-huh. name. The only Indian chef that's coming to mind is Manit Shohan. Which, she's awesome. She too. is. I was just listening to her on another podcast the other day. Have you eaten at any of her restaurants? I have not. We went a couple years ago, yeah, it was right after I got back from India the mm-hmm. first time, and we went, and um, it tasted just like what I had in India. It was really great. Mm-hmm. Goggin. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I get I get into Bangkok, and we meet at the hotel, and we have dinner reservations, like, at Goggin that first mm-hmm. night that I get there. So, we... We're getting ready, and she gets a babysitter for her kids. She has two boys, and we're walking over there because our hotel was a couple blocks away. And I was like, hey, uh, by the way, I'm pregnant. <laughs> she, like, stops walking. She's like, what? wait, what did you just say? <laughs> I was like, yeah. She's like, you're just now telling me? And she, like, screams. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really funny. And she was like, are you going to be okay? I was like, I feel a little sick. Yeah. <laughs> so we ate this amazing 25-course meal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But How was, big was each course? It's like Oh, okay. Bites. So we were, we were pleasantly satisfied. Okay. We, we didn't feel gotcha. disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. But um, that meal was great. And, so, yeah, he does Indian food. Okay. And it's, so as far as I know, there's not any other chefs that take Indian food to that level of dining. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. And I know she really enjoyed it because – there was a lot of dishes like from her childhood that mm-hmm. were just totally reimagined into this little bite or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, yeah, it was it was spectacular. That's a lot of what Manit Shohan was talking about. She was on the Southerner podcast that Made South does. Okay. Um, and she was talking about how a lot of her dishes in her restaurants are like Indian takes on either like Asian food or like American food, and uh-huh. she figures out how to bring in her favorite flavors from her culture yeah. and heritage into like Asian food or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm a picky eater, but I'm, I'm actually going to have to go and go and try it. Yeah. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And she, she does like a lunch special that she kind of turned like, they call it like an Indian tali. So mm-hmm. it's like, you have like all these separate things, but she calls it a meat and three. And I think she was talking yeah. about that. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. She kind of mixed Southern cuisine mm-hmm. with, with the Indian cuisine. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, what what other questions were you um, thinking? First of all, before we go any further, yeah. um, I am super, super happy to be talking tonight with Rebecca Barron, the executive chef of St. John's Restaurant and the Meeting Place here in Chattanooga, who, by the way, was recently nominated as a James Beard Award semifinalist for the Southeast. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so we were talking a little bit 
ago about neither of us are originally from Chattanooga, but you are from a completely different part of the country than I right. am. You are from Wisconsin, I believe. You yes, said? Milwaukee. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about your childhood and some of your like early influences and some of your earliest food memories. Okay. So um, my dad's family is Jewish mm-hmm. and my mom's family is German Catholic. So that was kind of a interesting, you know, mixture on their part. <laughs> but uh, I always loved, there was a state fair in Wisconsin. So it was, it was called the Wisconsin State Fair. But uh, it was every August and we would get all kinds of amazing food there. I loved going there. Get mm-hmm. corn on the cob and they just dip it in, you know, hot melted butter. <laughs> um, cream puffs, Ooh, which... Yum. I still, to this day, it's one of my favorite desserts, and they would make the pat of shoes, like, you know, like that big, and just fill it this high with the cream, <laughs> and you'd just be covered in powdered sugar. That was always one of my favorite mm-hmm. things. Um, and then different parts of the year, they used the fairgrounds for different festivals. They'd have, like, German Fest and Italian Fest mm-hmm. and Greek Fest, so we were always going, and my family loves eating, too, so we, <laughs> we were always getting all that stuff, like... You know, bratwurst and sauerkraut and euros. Mm-hmm. I love uh, German food. I do too. Uh, I'm trying to think of other things that I really loved growing up. I think that cream puff is my <laughs> favorite earliest. I mean, food it memory. sounds pretty phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mom used to make lasagna a lot, Ooh, and she would yum. make it for my birthday. That was that's always been one of my favorite mm-hmm. things too. Some of the Jewish food is you know very interesting. Have you ever? I have not. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure you've heard of like matzo ball soup. Yes. So of course that's like chicken noodle soup, you know, mm-hmm. the Jewish version of that. And my great grandma used to make that all mm-hmm. the time. So awesome. Um, and then there was other weird things like noodle kugel. Have you heard of that? No, I have not. <laughs> it's you take these egg noodles and you mix it with like ricotta and raisins and cinnamon and you bake it. And then you kind of cut it like lasagna. So it's like this square Hmm. noodle pasta casserole. (laughs) (laughs) I did not like it growing up, but... I've uh, never heard of raisins in pasta. Yeah, it's it's weird. I haven't had it in so long. (laughs) I'm kind of imagining like making it and seeing if if I would like it now compared to then. Right. Um... And then we we had things like gefilte fish mm-hmm. with uh, horseradish and I've the matzo crackers. Yeah, <laughs> and every time someone like finds out what it is, mm-hmm. they're like, "What do you mean? That sounds so gross!" <laughs> but I love it. Mm-hmm. I I remember the potato cakes. The, the latkes. Yes, yep. I do like those a lot. Yeah, with but, applesauce yes. or sour cream. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes we do a take on that at the restaurant. Like mm-hmm. we'll put it. On a dish, like we've done that with trout before. Ooh, yum! Yeah, yeah. I love potatoes in almost every form. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a curse, but yeah. Oh well. Um. So, what brought you and your family from Milwaukee all the way down to Chattanooga? Well, my family really liked the warm weather here, so they were. My mom always says she should have just went to Florida because she hates the cold so much. She was <laughs> like, I didn't get far enough away from that cold. But um, also, my dad was going to Tennessee Temple, so he wanted to go to school there, so okay. we all moved here, and I was 12 when we moved here, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your first job in the food world? It was Domino's Pizza, 
So I actually worked there for quite a while while I did other stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I started there when I was 16 and I worked there for seven years. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, while I was there, I um, also worked at the Walden Club. Okay. That was like my first kind of real kitchen job, I want mm-hmm. to say, because they made everything from scratch there. Mm-hmm. And then um, also at the same time, I worked at uh, Barnes & Noble. Okay. It's my other love is books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any particular memory or moment that you look back on and think, like, that was when I knew I wanted to be a chef? Um, I honestly, like, from the age of five, I wanted to be a chef. And I don't really know where it came from. I just always loved eating and mm-hmm. cooking. Um, I remember trying to make eggs when I was five and I made a mess, but I thought it was awesome. (laughs) Um, and then when, when we had moved here, my mom was pregnant with my youngest brother. There's five of us. Mm -hmm. So he's 14 years younger than me. So, um, I remember we actually lived close to here, Mm -hmm. um, in St. Elmo. Me and my sister would ride our bikes to the store and do the food shopping and all the cooking for the week since my my mom was really sick during that pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So... I honestly didn't think there was anything else. Like, I was like, I want to be a chef. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I'm not sure where that came from because it wasn't like TV shows about chefs were that popular at that time or anything. But yeah, I just, I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. When you know, you know, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Who were some of your early influences growing up? Um, I, of course, loved Anthony Bourdain Mm -hmm. and he actually passed while I was on that Thailand oh, trip, no. like the that was all that was like the first morning I was there. I saw oh, that on no. the news. Um, but yeah, I, I think Kitchen Confidential came out. I'm not sure when it came out, but I read it when I was 18, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, I'm in love. Like I just <laughs> loved everything about it. But um, Julia Childs I used to watch her show. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, and. I know Betty Crocker's not a person, but I loved the Betty Crocker cookbook growing mm-hmm. up. I learned how to make bechamel from that book. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, like, I still have it, and I use that book, like, for my banana bread. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but um, those mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think it, some of Anthony Bourdain's shows are on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and watch those. Yeah. He started out with, uh, it was called The Cook's Tour. Did you ever watch that? Uh, I've seen a handful of episodes. It's definitely, it's funny when you go back and watch it because it's like the quality compared to what they make now. It's mm-hmm. it's so different. It's it's funny because it's like 16 years old now mm-hmm. at this point. But yeah, I loved all his old old shows. I love going back and watching like Emeril Lagasse, uh-huh. his, his show from like the 90s and early 2000s. He was my first like favorite celebrity show. Nice. And I remember like watching his show and then watching, like, whatever I watch now with, like, Chopped or right. The Pioneer Woman or whatever other shows that I was watching for a little bit. And then going back and seeing, like, it's very different from, like, cooking in a studio for a crowd of people yeah. versus, like, cooking at home for your family. Yeah. And I love it, though. Yeah. It's pretty cool that he did that for so long. <laughs> for so long. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever eaten at any of his places? No. Um, the one celebrity chef restaurant I have eaten at is Jamie Oliver's in Cambridge, England. Oh, nice. Was which, it good? It was quite good. Nice. It had, that was the first time I ever had mint in a salad. Okay. And I was, and I saw it on the menu and I was like, is this like a thing? And then I got it and I was like, yes, it's a thing and it's delicious. I forgot about his show. I used to watch that too. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Tyler Florence, I used to watch yes. his show too. 
I've been watching a lot of Jamie Oliver on YouTube lately. Nice. Because he has a pretty solid YouTube channel. Okay. And I forget, like, how infectious his personality is. I, yeah. Like, I was watching a couple of his videos today and was like, I'm going to go home and make pasta tonight. That's awesome. But that, that would be a disaster. Yeah. I'm not, not good at making pasta. <laughs> that just reminded me of something. Uh, when I was 18, because I was trying to kind of get into the food business and mm-hmm. I had been planning on going to culinary school and then a couple people were like, eh, you don't need to do that. Like just learn in a restaurant. But I used to make these elaborate five course meals for our <laughs> friends at home. So, <laughs> As an 18 year old? Oh my goodness. I, I would love to like kind of see if they are actually good. You know, like mm-hmm. if I could go back and be like, cause I thought they were great. Right. But, but were they really? <laughs> but I remember rolling out pasta. We had this, we lived in this tiny house. It was me and my ex-husband. It was like a 400 square foot house. And we had this little counter that was this wide. And I rolled pasta out. Oh my there. gosh. <laughs> and that just reminded me of it. My ex-boyfriend and I made things you fold over. Rub, the ravioli. Yes. Yeah. See, That's not what good I made pasta. on that little. <laughs> See, not good with pasta. Yeah. But we made ravioli one night and they didn't turn out too bad. There's a reason I haven't made it since. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of work, especially, it's like, if you can go get nice handmade pasta at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. I'd rather pay someone else to do it. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Um, so you said you did not go to culinary school and you've learned everything that you know on the job. Yes. What was all of that like? So basically, you know, I started at the bottom when I started at the Walden Club. Um, I started on Garmage because I had been cooking at home so much, I thought I knew something. <laughs> but I did not know anything <laughs> as far as restaurant cooking. Um, but yeah, so I just started at the bottom there. I worked there for about a year and learned like a good like base knowledge of um, garbage stuff, which is like salads and desserts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely realized how little I knew when I started there. Um, and then my next job, kitchen job from there was table two. And I don't know if you remember that. Mm-mm. It may have it may have already been closed when you when you moved here. I think so. Maybe so. Yeah. But it's where uh, Seki Sui is now. Oh, okay. So it's right down the street from St. John's. But I uh, I worked there for four years, and I did every position in the house except mm-hmm. for head chef. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so that was a great learning experience for me because mm-hmm. I worked front of house and back of house, and each position in the kitchen. At one point, I did all the pastries. I was the pastry chef. Oh, wow. Um, and that was really fun. I really like pastries. I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I like I worked garmage, saute, grill. And then from there, I went on to St. John's, and I started at Meeting Place mm-hmm. um, as the chef de cuisine over there. Mm-hmm. And then got promoted to chef de cuisine at St. John's. And then after mm-hmm. Daniel left, then got promoted to executive chef. Yeah. So. so what's the relationship between St. John's and the meeting place? It's basically like two different dining rooms. Like one's casual and one's fine dining. Mm-hmm. But we all work together. Mm-hmm. We all do things for both restaurants. It's yeah. basically one restaurant gotcha. with, with two different menus. Yeah. I yeah. was looking at the menus earlier today and it looked like they shared some similar items. Yeah. There's some crossover there. Just a little bit. Yeah. 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 Because we try to utilize same some of the mm-hmm. same items mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, it's basically like the garmage of Meeting Place is in with our garmage, so it's in the main kitchen, and then the hotline for Meeting Place is just like outside the door. Okay. So, 
Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Can we talk a little bit about how y'all put together the menus for each restaurant? Because they're very seasonally based and mm-hmm. they change often mm-hmm. from what I understand. So yeah. can we talk a little bit about how those kind of come together? Yeah. So basically anytime someone calls me or emails me like, hey, I've got this. I'm like, awesome. Like yesterday, even though I'm not there, mm-hmm. um, one of our vendors texted me and he was like, hey, I have one case of soft shell crabs. Do you want them? Ooh. And I need to know right now. I was like, yes, we want them. <laughs> So we got those on the menu today, um, and that's one of my favorite foods in the whole world. I have a social crab tattoo. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am actually not a huge seafood person. Really? It's the one, like, group of food that I've just never, never been able to eat, and that shocks everyone when yeah. I tell them, but... Some people don't like it. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so up until I was about 12 years old... I thought hush puppies were seafood <laughs> because I only ever they, had them at seafood yeah. restaurants at the beach growing up. Uh-huh. And then I had them at a barbecue restaurant was like, oh, it's just fried cornbread. Yeah. <laughs> I had that epiphany and was like, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But yeah, going back to that, basically mm-hmm. like someone will call me or like the farmers, like one of my favorite farmers is uh, Chris from Southland Farms. He's about an hour from here towards Nashville. He texts me. Every Tuesday, he's like, this is what I've got for tomorrow. Like, we'll pick today. And he, so he grows, picks, and delivers himself. And he delivers to places like Husk in Nashville, too. Mm. And, like, Aaliyah here and Daniel's other restaurant in Nashville. But, yeah, his produce is absolutely amazing. So I look forward to kind of getting those calls and texts from people, them saying, like, hey, this is what we got. And then I'm like, sweet. So it's like. That seasonality kind of comes mm-hmm. from, you know, people telling me right. what they have. So when you've got these people calling you every day saying, hey, I've got this, do you have like base recipes that you can kind of just like throw different ingredients in or do you create something new with each dish? Yes to both. Oh, okay. <laughs> so sometimes like I'll have dishes from years past that I've done that I'm like, oh, I already know I love that so I can plug that into that. Mm-hmm. Like, um like smoked trout hush puppies that we do, like I do those every year. Mm -hmm. So when we get trout from Pickett's Ranch, like we typically will take the trim from it, smoke it, and make hush puppies. So it's like I already know those are good and they sell really well. I'll probably do that again. Mm -hmm. But then if I get something new, I might be like, oh, you know, let's try something new. Mm -hmm. Um, This is kind of funny, but when I'm like trying to think about – what I want to do for a dish, I, like, walk around and touch stuff. I'm, like, I'll, like, go downstairs <laughs> and, like, be, like, okay, we have polenta. We don't have that anywhere. And I'll go in the walk-in and just kind of, like, walk past stuff and touch it. I'm, like, what do you want to be? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it mm-hmm. seems to work for me. It's very sensory. Yeah. But food is a very sensory thing. Yeah. So it, I, I see how it works. Yeah. And then I always try to think about, like, what would I want to eat? Like, if I went to a restaurant and saw that they had, you know, this lamb rack on the menu, what would I want with it? Mm-hmm. So I kind of try to think like that. And, mm-hmm. Like, what am I most excited about? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I saw on y'all's menu today was that Dancing Fern Cheese mm-hmm. from Sequatchie Cove. One of my favorites ever. Mine too. Yes. Well, I love a lot of cheese, and I love that y'all have a lot of cheese on your menu. Yeah. So. I love cheese. Maybe that's a little bit of Wisconsin girl <laughs> coming out. I was out. about to ask, like, how much cheese did you have in Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely love cheese. Yeah. 
Um, and then the, like, goat cheese fritters, I think. Mm -hmm. Or some, yeah. Yeah, they're goat cheese fritters. Um, it's basically like a goat cheese donut. Ooh. So we, we make a batter and, like, fold goat cheese Mm -hmm. into it. And then we put rosemary honey on it. Yeah. So it's kind of like a dessert. It kind of is. (laughs) Yeah. Not opposed to it. Yeah. Goat cheese is my latest obsession. Nice. Of almost any variety. Specifically, ash ripened goat cheese, and I blame the guys at Blue Fox for that. Oh my gosh, I love Blue Fox. I do too. I have been so thrilled that they are thriving. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. They're they're phenomenal people. Yeah. Um. So having been in Chattanooga for as long as you have, you've seen the food scene evolve, I imagine, a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, can we talk about like some of the biggest... I guess I could say, like, turning points or, like, big moments that you've seen that have brought the Chattanooga food scene to where it is? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was kind of trying to think about that earlier. <laughs> um, so, I mean, when I first started at St. John's, I remember Daniel saying, "Yeah, we're probably not going to get soft shells because they never sell that well. I have found that they sell really well, and I think that the clientele has kind of evolved mm-hmm. in the past couple of years. Um, I think eight years ago, a fried Brussels sprout salad with a chocolate sauce would have never sold. And it's one of my best selling items mm-hmm. now. Um, I also love fried Brussels sprouts. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, fried Brussels sprouts, that's kind of like a, you know, hot selling word. Mm-hmm. But putting it with, I don't know if you've had the one that I have on right now. I but have it's, not. It's like a sesame chocolate, soy, and black garlic sauce. And the way I even thought of it is we had this wine dinner and we couldn't, I could not figure out what to put with this one wine. Mm -hmm. And we kept tasting the wine and I was like, I'm going to try something weird. (laughs) I'm going to see if this is good. And it's been one of my favorite salads that I've ever done. Oh my gosh. But I think stuff like that, I think our clientele's palate has evolved over the years to appreciate that kind of stuff. And it gives us room to be more creative. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of perfect segue into, uh, my next question. Um, what excites you the most about Chattanooga's food scene moving forward? Hmm. I mean, I think with it, you know, with even getting the James Beard nomination, that's going to give us, even more room to be mm-hmm. more creative and bring more exciting ingredients in. Um, and I think people will be more willing to try mm-hmm. things that they might not otherwise. Yeah. So probably, yeah, most excited about the creative direction mm-hmm. that Chattanooga is going. Uh, that's one thing that I think about, you know, Chattanooga is right in the middle between Atlanta and Nashville, which mm-hmm. are both so like well-known cities yeah. for food, I think, especially in the South that, I want Chattanooga to be on the map just as much as they are. I know. I think, too, I used to think of Chattanooga as, like, kid brother or kid sister. It it still feels like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we want to be big brother. A little bit, yeah. I think about that often. And not just with food, with other things as well. Yeah, and I think that with the art scene here and how they've kind of worked to bring more artists in, Mm -hmm. it seems... And music and, yeah. 
Agreed. Seems like we're, we are moving towards that, mm-hmm. so. That makes me so happy. I know, me too. <laughs> um, one thing I completely glossed over, and I have it written down to talk about, and we were talking about, uh, about it a little bit before I turned the mic on, was the history of the St. John's building. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading about it earlier this week or end of last week, and I didn't know that it was a brothel at one time. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Yeah. I, I don't know a whole lot about that part of it, but I know that in, I think it was built in 1906 and it was St. John's Hotel. So that's where the name of the restaurant comes from. Um, and then Thomas Johnson is the architect that bought it and has kind of refurbished it. Okay. So, yeah, he owns a lot of the buildings mm-hmm. on the south side. And I was going to say, does, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, and he does all the work, himself, like a lot of the work himself. Oh. I'm sure he has help, but, <laughs> but yeah. That's so interesting to think about. And there's so many buildings in Chattanooga that have these, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but these, like, not known histories that people don't yeah. know about. Yeah. And it just adds to the personality of everything. Yeah. I wonder if, like, because I know they do that ghost tour mm-hmm. where they walk around, and I know they talk about the history and that, but it'd be it'd be cool if someone put together, like, a history tour. Yeah. Where you did a walk and mm-hmm. talked about all the buildings. Yeah. Maybe that's something Cornerstones can get on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Cornerstones and Chattanooga events, you are a very familiar face with the Cast Iron Cook-Off yeah. and the Five Star <laughs> Food Fight. Two events that I have somehow managed to miss every time they're at oh, the market, man. and I'm so sad. They're so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I've done, let's see, I did the Five Star Food Fight five years ago, and then I've done the Cast Iron four years in a row, mm-hmm. and I won it the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much Cast Iron, and I love it. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Yeah, those are two events that I put them on my calendar every year when the market schedule comes out, and I always miss them. Yeah, you should go this year. I'm going to. I'm not going to miss either one this year. Yeah. I don't know if, if they're asking me to do it or not. I keep thinking, like, okay, they're, they've had enough of me, <laughs> and they keep asking. No, I always do it, because I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love things like that. Yeah. Uh, I just love the market in general. I can't wait for it to open. Me too. Yeah. Um, so that's all I have in terms of questions, but there's still one more thing we have to do. This is my jar. Okay. Um, so if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know all about the jar, but for new listeners, this is my mason jar filled with colorful pieces of paper and fun little questions for us to talk about. Awesome. So we can each draw a few and we can answer each other's questions. Okay. I like it. So the first here, let's get this blue one. What's the longest you've ever kept a plant alive? Oh, man. I actually have one of my pothouse plants that I was thinking about the other day. And it's probably, so it's two and a half years at this point. Oh, wow. Which is not very long for some people. <laughs> for me, it is. But, yeah, I had a running joke with with my uh, former mother-in-law. And we said that I had a brown thumb because I kept <laughs> killing all the plants she gave me. But... So I'm very proud of that. <laughs> my my parents are both exceptional gardeners and capable of keeping plants alive. I missed the green thumb gene, and yeah. I must have a brown thumb yeah. because I got one of those little like dollar seed pods from the dollar section at Target, and they're already dead. I'm sorry, but I also think like the cold killed them, yeah. and then. Well, it rained forever, and then it got cold, and I think they froze. Yeah. So I'm not completely taking the blame for that yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also really enjoying this one. I put yeah. this together 
about eight months ago, and it is really happy. Mm-hmm. This has grown a bunch. You know, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the way it looks. Mm-hmm. I do too. It's a nice touch. Thanks. I love this. It just looks happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, your turn. All right. I'm going to go for the pink one. All right. Confess your most unpopular opinion. <laughs> you know, you would think I write these questions. I should have answers available for them. And I don't. Um, most unpopular opinion. It's a tough one. Yeah. I'm trying to think, what did I say last time I had this question? I try, if I get repeat questions, I try to try get to have an answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think last time I said something about fried okra or fried green tomatoes. That you don't like them? I don't. That is unpopular. I don't like tomatoes <laughs> in general, though. That's unpopular, but, too. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't like garlic. <laughs> So, Ooh. I know, it's so weird. Yeah. I keep garlic powder in my spice cabinet and use it just just enough to get the flavor, but, like, actual garlic, I just... Oh, man. I know. Very unpopular it's opinion. A, <laughs> it's kind of a struggle, yeah. but I've learned to deal with it. Yeah. I'd say that's my unpopular opinion. Okay. Because I don't like tomatoes or garlic. Okay. <laughs> Am I supposed to answer yes. it, too? Oh, man. <sighs> I hate cats. Mm. <laughs> Did you have a bad experience with one growing up? No. My mom hates them. Oh, okay. And she never let us have them. Gotcha. And we were always like, why can't we have them? And then uh, I had several roommates that had them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope, gotcha. I'm good. That's pretty unpopular. I'm a cat person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get this orange one. Oh, man. Never have I ever... Oh my gosh. Never have I ever been to Thailand. Okay. Um, you should go. I've heard. But you know what? I liked India better. Really? I did. What part of India were you in? Oh, we went all over. Because the first trip, we went all over the south. Okay. So my friend says she's from Bangalore, which that's like an amazing food city. Good to know. Um, and then the second trip, we went... In the Himalayas, like okay. the foothills of the Himalayas. Mm. So we kind of, if you imagine India like this, we did kind of this section the first trip, and then this section the second trip. Okay. So I've not been to that part, like Rajasthan. Okay. So. What was your favorite food from India? Oh, man. There's these little things called, they call them different things in different places. I know at Manit Shohan's restaurant, she has a different name for it. But so she called it Pani Puri. Okay. And it's this little, like, puffed cup. So you eat the whole thing, again with the puffs, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but it's like crispy. They fry it. It's this little cup, and they put something similar to like pico de gallo in it. It's just like, but there might be like chopped cooked potatoes in it, tomatoes, mm-hmm. cilantro. I feel like she was talking about this in her podcast I'm too. I'm sure she was. <laughs> this is, I absolutely love it. And then they pour some liquid in there, and that liquid is basically like green chilies, cilantro, cucumber. It's kind of, it's basically liquefied. Pico de gallo. Mm-hmm. So you pour that on and you put the whole thing in your mouth and it kind of like explodes. Is it a, like a street food thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's definitely what she was talking about. Yeah. Because I remember potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> and I know, yeah, I think she had a different name for it at her restaurant and I am I cannot remember what I that is. I can't either. But, but yeah, absolutely that love that. sounds awesome. Um, there's also, um, have you heard of pond? Like the bread? No, it's... It, oh, it, that's naan. 
Pan means bread. Okay. Also. <laughs> but, in French. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but in India, it's like this. They put, man, I'll have to look up and let you know all the ingredients in it. But it's, it basically tastes like, like Jaeger or like Goldschlager or okay. like, um, Fernet. Mm-hmm. So it's like you eat it after dinner. Okay. But they have these different stands where they like light them on fire or put like oh. ice in them. So I did this one where they like light it on fire and then like put it in your mouth. <laughs> oh my gosh. But it had like chocolate and like beetle leaf and. Beetle leaf? It's, What's that? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's supposed to be a digestive. So oh, okay. you eat it afterwards and it really does make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm intrigued by beetle leaf. We'll have to look it up. Yes. All right. You didn't answer. What's your never have I ever? I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, you're stumping me. I was never good There's at these games. There's always one. <laughs> uh, I always hated, like, when people play Truth or Dare when oh, I was a kid. Me too. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Mine were always so lame. Yeah, that's that's why I feel like I feel like I'm being lame right now. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, now I'm like trying to think of places I haven't traveled to, and I'm like, never have I ever been to Arizona. <laughs> I haven't either. I have flown over it, but yeah, I've never actually been there. I've been to Utah. Utah is gorgeous. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I've been to California and Montana. Same. In Seattle for, like, two hours. Nice. Layover. I always want to, like, run out of the airport. Like, <laughs> why do they give you a two-hour layover? Yeah. So you're like, I was there, but I wasn't. Yeah. It's, like, long enough so you don't feel like you're going to miss anything, but also short enough to be, like, kind of annoying. Yeah. I had a five-hour layover in Amsterdam mm. on my way to Thailand, so I had enough time to get out and run nice. around, and that was really awesome. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, is Amsterdam where they have the, like, stroopwafel? Mm-hmm. Or is that? Yes. Those, I love those. Those are delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to, I just, like, ran out, because they have, transportation is so easy there. Mm-hmm. The Amsterdam and the Paris airport are both so great, because you can just take a train out, and then use any sort of public transportation. And the one in Amsterdam, you pay, like, 20 euro, and you That's can use bad. any public transportation for 24 oh, wow. hours. So... Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I just took it and went to the Van Gogh Museum, mm. got a coffee and a sandwich, and then went back. Nice. Yeah. Good way to spend a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Is it my turn? Yes. I'm going to go for pink again. When I go to Clumpy's, I usually order, and so I'm supposed to answer this, mm-hmm. I always get chocolate. Ooh, yum. Every time. Cookie dough. I was just going to say, cookie dough is my second favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Cookie dough is my, like, always go-to. Always Uh have to get at least one scoop of that. Uh And occasionally I'll get a scoop of something else. Uh But it's always cookie dough. Yeah. I love, I love just chocolate custard. It's Mm. my favorite. That was one thing in Wisconsin, too. Uh, Did y'all have uh, Rita's up there? I don't know if we had Rita's, but um, I don't know if you've heard of Leon's frozen custard. It's a fairly famous place in Milwaukee and we still every time we're in Milwaukee we still Mm -hmm. go there (laughs) yeah we had Rita's when I lived in Pennsylvania Uh and they had the like vanilla and the chocolate custard I remember those very well (laughs) yeah there was one downtown for a minute wasn't there okay yeah 
I think my mom said, she was like, oh, we need to go check that out. And then she's like, oh, it's closed already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, well. All right. Last one each. All right. Let's get an orange one here. Again, a question that I wrote that I have no answer for. One of my biggest pet peeves is... Actually, I do have an answer for this. Um, white after Labor Day. <laughs> nice. That is just one of those things that my mother taught me all while I was growing up. And to this day, as soon as Labor Day Monday is over, my white goes in the back of my closet and it doesn't come back out till Easter. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of the weird things. And like, I... I wish I didn't judge people so hard when I saw them like wearing white pants in February, but I'm just like, no, no. I never wear white pants anyway. I like white I so shorts. Make a mess I, of myself. But not pants. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about wearing white is it gets dirty so easy. Yeah. It always looks great though. It does. Until it doesn't. Right. <laughs> exactly. So my answer to that is kind of funny. So come it's comes from probably a Dear Abby column oh, when I was man. a kid. So we used to deliver newspapers when I was really young. And every day, even as a child, oh I would gosh. read the paper and have coffee after we were done. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah, so I would read the comics and all of the Dear Abby stuff and the lifestyle sections. And this is in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But someone wrote in asking what their pet peeve was and somebody was like oh my gosh I hate the word siblings and I was like so this is me learning what pet peeve meant Ah. and I was like my pet peeve is when people use the words pet peeve (laughs) (laughs) that's so cute yeah I was probably like 11 (laughs) I had a co-worker for a little bit who loved puns Uh uh-huh and just puns of any type and his roommate for his birthday one year got him a pet fish and named him Peeve. So he could have his pet Peeve. <laughs> That's adorable. It was, it took me a minute, but once I got it, I was like, oh, Glenn, you would. <laughs> That's adorable. It is. It was, it was great. All right, finish this off. All right. Last one. I'm going to dig for a pink one again. When I have visitors in town, the first place I take them is. Honestly, I usually take people to St. John's because I'm really excited to show it off. Well, why wouldn't you be? Exactly. <laughs> what about you? Um, usually somewhere with good food. Um, yeah. And depending on who my guest is, that changes, but it's always somewhere with food. Yeah. So my parents really like Feed Co. and Stir. Mm-hmm. Um, have not brought them to St. John's yet, but have they've to already, do that next but time. they've already looked it up and want to go. Nice. Um, if it's like a friend from college, I usually take them to like Flying Squirrel. Mm-hmm. Um, and like everyone just loves clumpies. Yeah, so. I really like hot chocolate here yes, too. Yes, that's such a good one. Yeah, I love her chocolates. Mm-hmm. I had a phase in my first year that I was living here that I took everyone to Chap Whiskey. Oh, nice. Because it's a t- cool experience, though. Yeah, and the tours are, at the time, they were like 10 bucks or like yeah. 11 or 12 or whatever, and you got the tour, and then you got a sampling flight afterwards, so it was a $10, $11 well spent. That's awesome. And super easy. I'm pretty sure Toby Toby Darling gave me like 20 tours. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> nice. Another place I really like for like morning or whatever is Wildflower. Yes. Have you been... I, yeah, yeah, I spend a lot of money on my favorite places. And Hillary's so awesome. She is. 
Yeah. Uh, that's walking distance from my office. So nice. if I have like a slow day, but I have a lot of work to do, I'll go there and just get one of the personal pots uh-huh. and just drink tea and just crank out everything. Yeah. Because my creative vibes are just like so on point when I it's go there. It's such a good space. It is. And I love all the art and mm-hmm. the furniture. Yeah. It's, that's it's, one of my favorite places in China. I love Blonde Flower so much. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we are going to wrap up there. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Yes, you too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, Do you have any social media handles or anything you want to plug? Um, My Instagram is just Chef Rebecca Barron. And then um, with uh, St. John's, we have a Facebook and an Instagram. It's just St. John's Restaurant. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to think if we have anything else. We, of course, have our website, Mm -hmm. but... I think that's it. Yeah. Awesome. I'll plug those in the show notes when the episode goes live. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much once again for joining me. Yeah. This has been another episode of the Nougat Bell Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll catch you all on the next one.